Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I have got um, sucking his fingers like a lady on Babe Station. It's Adam. That's the TV show I'm, I'm familiar with, Chris. You're, you're, tell me about that. you broke up. Familiar or unfamiliar? I'm unfamiliar with. You're going um, to tell me more. No, I don't know. I read about it on Twitter. Okay. Uh, Jesse. Yeah. Yes, How Chris. are you? I, you know, for now, I'm okay. See what happens as we keep recording. Um, <laughs> and finally, we got Emma. Hola. Hola, Bruno Estente. Sava. ¿Qué tal? Sí, sí, señor. Very good. Give the ball to Bobby and he will score. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, speaking of which, uh, we're going to be talking about the Premier League and other leagues around Europe, but we are going to start with Bobby uh, and Manchester City 4, Liverpool nil. So, Kevin De Bruyne uh, opened the score with a penalty. Raheem Sterling then scored, and then Phil Foden and an own goal by the Ox. Um, Sorry, who is Bobby? Firmino. Firmino, right? right? So that's even more racist because he speaks Portuguese, not Spanish. What's Portuguese for yes? Oh, I don't know, but you clearly <laughs> weren't trying to say you weren't trying to say Portuguese, were you? It comes from the um, South American song, doesn't it? Is that all over South America that song, or is it just in Argentina? What song? Si, senor. I imagine it's just the Spanish-speaking countries, Chris. Yeah. Is it? It's all, the same. it's all the same to me. It's all like Iberian, isn't it? No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> One minute, 49 seconds in, and we've had our first so far. <laughs> Spot the Lee voter. <laughs> okay. Right, so uh, Raheem Sterling um, seemed to want to really much get his own back on Joe Gomez after their sort of square up uh, in the... Uh... Joe Gomez tried to wear him as a coat. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, normally quite reliable Joe Gomez. I'm normally a big fan of his, but it didn't seem to go down very well. And then um, Sterling outmuscled Gomez for the second goal, well, didn't he, when he scored? Joe Gomez, who's better than Joe Pique, according to Chris. I never said that. <laughs> Yeah, you did. I said who I'd rather have in my team. And to play a Klopp way, uh, I would no, rather no, have... No, 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 this no, is no, your no, team, no. not Klopp's team. On my team, of course, I love them dearly. Of course I'd rather have them than Gerard Piquet. He's nothing to me. <laughs> Whereas Joe Gomez and Joe Matic are my... be broken-hearted. They're my lovely, huggable boys, and... They play for all my teams. That's madness. It's not madness. It's actual madness. Not madness at all. The big question is, Chris, do you care that Liverpool lost? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you care that they lost the way they lost? Um, I think that you'll definitely see a response next game, which is home to Aston Villa. I, I don't like the way they lost. No, you're right. It seems like they'd sort of, from observing from the outside, they've been on the lash since last Friday and maybe started training again Tuesday afternoon and then lost on Thursday. It doesn't look particularly good, particularly when you consider the way Andy Robertson was out of position for two of the goals as well. And it didn't look very good whatsoever. I've not seen us play like that for a long time. I'm sorry? Or like the entire defence and right-hand side. None of it was there. Uh, Joe Gomez wasn't there as well, like I say, for Raheem Sterling. Um, and even Joe Van Dyke was sort of at sixes and sevens a little bit as well. It looked like they had been parting a little bit too hard and a little bit too long, which I'm sure isn't the case. And maybe Manchester City did have a point to prove because Liverpool could have gone ahead through Salah hitting the post before, couldn't they? Um, mm-hmm. But maybe this was a game that they really, really wanted to win. Alisson was broken as well. Don't, he doesn't shouldn't get off with getting beaten at his near post just because. Well, oh. I can't hear you. Why not? You're very quiet. Okay. I said Alisson was ropey as well. Yeah, quite possibly he was. Quite possibly. He shouldn't get away with. He shouldn't get away with being beaten at his near post by um, by Mares just because just because the VAR interfered. Big words talking about near post when just isn't. I, can I give Joe Gomez a little bit of credit in oh, that? No. I, I can't. Okay, then I won't. <laughs> Just that I think the penalty, although it clearly was a penalty, um, Sterling really set that penalty up well. You know, he got his body into a position where he was going to fall. Um, you know, he was going down. And Gomez, I think you could see him try to pull out. It was just too late. Um, but he was on him, you know, in, in that play at least he really I think just was bested by a really fast player with a lower center of gravity um, and I don't think there was much he could have done I think Gary Neville said thought, he held on to a bit too long didn't he? That's an annoyingly fair fair response there Jesse, I would say I would say that um, that he was uh, that the way that Sterling was playing at that time he was essentially unplayable and that he he the 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 sentence on the sixpence has never been more appropriate for the um for the the Cruyff turn for the for the penalty. Yeah. Um. I think that uh, the other thing as well. I think that yeah, like I say, they were just incredibly up for doing Liverpool over because of what happened last week um, and the fact they lost so sort of spinelessly at Chelsea as well. Are we all a big fan of Guards of Honour? Um, or are we all more of a fan of Bernardo Silva sort of bothering with the Guard of Honour and sort of walking off halfway through? The latter. <laughs> Player of this season. <laughs> Apart from his racist joke. I think Player of the season is the same best player of the World Cup. It's clearly goal in contra. Sorry? How do you say that? Own goal. Own goal has taken the lead yet again. Oh, yes. El Golio. Don't be like that, Adam. That was a solid joke. Um, Adam, the mask was slipping after the game in the post-match interview with Jurgen Klopp, wasn't it? What did he say? I was too too giddy from the result to, <laughs> to watch a post-match interview. What happened this time? 
Jeff Shreves asked him a question about whether the players, oh, was it whether the players are up for it or something like that, and he sort of he got a bit prickly at that question, uh, and he said, "quote unquote," I saw a brilliant attitude, um, and I think he was upset that what was the word? I can't remember. There was a word that Jeff Shreve used, which Klopp didn't understand because uh, he's obviously not English, um, and Shreve sort of asked it again while. Asking, well, he sort of asked it again while answering the question as well, and Klopp really wasn't happy with him. Um, but then, you know, if you stick a microphone under someone minutes after they lose 4 0, you're never going to get a good reaction from them, are you? Unless it's your job to give a good reaction in those situations. I think it's your also, job to give an honest reaction, isn't it? Both too lost miserably. It's nice that he defended his players. I mean, I feel like it's his job not to be an asshole. <sighs> Do you think he was? I just feel like I mean, we're going to compare him to Mourinho at some point. Yeah, kind of. He's not a good loser, is he? Uh, is anybody at that level? There's a way to be a gracious loser. Yeah. Well, do you know... I'm making this about me. Sorry. Sorry? Yeah, I think Emma's right. There's a way, and Adam, there's a way to, like, defend your players and express your disappointment, but also be constructive. And explain what went wrong and what you're going to do better, which is the point of a post-match interview. Like, not. And if he wasn't going to do that, he could have just said, like, "Yes, we're disappointed," or "Sorry, I won't take questions," or whatever. But he's only human, isn't he? Oh, now <laughs> we're accusing him of only being human. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it comes. It's got the sort of prickliness in him. It sort of comes through every now and then. But I think. Every manager has got that prickiness. Pep's got it. Jose's obviously got it. Um, and I think at that level, I think most managers have got it. But no one pretends that Pep and Jose don't have it. Who pretends that Klopp doesn't have it? The no, media. I thought he was all smiles and sunshine. No, and... they don't say that. He's the lovable I... German. He dances. Yeah. He smiles with his big teeth. With his good hugs and... That's all he is. He can't do tactics. He's just a big, jolly German that hugs everyone and tells them to go out and play well. Exactly. <laughs> um, Liverpool... Do you think, do you, just quickly before we move on, do you... Uh, not worried, but it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the the season plays out from that point of view because I I, I do remember from, well, from having watched the, the Amazon Prime documentary and things that sort of after having won won the league at, at Canter in Pep's second season at, at City, he, he it was such a big deal for him that they go on and um, maintain and break records, and he made such a it was such an achievement, even though they kind of had a little stumble themselves after after getting over the line. And but once they finally get that record at Southampton in the last game of the season. That was really important to Pep, and I think it sort of shows where a a group of players are and whether they're still potentially hungry. And would you not be interested to see whether Liverpool can really push on and sort of show that they want to achieve something yeah, no, special I think, to an extent? Yeah, no, I think you're right. But I think if you look at where Liverpool were two seasons ago, they finished sort of 20-odd points behind Manchester City, so they've made up 
20 points last season and gained another 20 on top of them this season. So there's a definite hunger and drive there. I think if you look at maybe Richard Klopp after the game on um, last night or Thursday night, he really wasn't happy. And I think any pretense that he might blood the kids and, you know, bring in people like sort of um, Curtis Jones and people like that, I think that's kind of gone out the window. He said himself in a press conference that you don't give these starting 11 places away. They've got plenty to play for 104 points they've got um, most games won in a Premier League season which is 33 greatest winning margin um, they've got the chance to win all 19 at home in the Premier League which has never been done before and I think he does want those like you say uh, I think there's uh, I think last night is maybe like get that out of your system and then we play well afterwards I think quite possibly um, well, next up, they're home to Aston Villa in the Ray Houghton derby. Um, the game at Villa Park, this is the one that Aston Villa were winning until the 87th minute. And then we had the Andy Robertson goal, followed by the Sadio Mane winner in injury time. I think this was the time when sort of Liverpool were getting quite a few late winners. Um, and Villa have only got some 27 points. They're 17th. Uh, they've lost three and drawn two out of their last five. So, can we see Villa putting up any kind of... Um, any kind of resistance to Liverpool? No. No. They're not very good, are they? No, they're not <laughs> very good. <laughs> but traditionally, these are the teams that Liverpool have struggled against. Yeah, but I think, like you said, Liverpool now have something to prove again. Yeah, I mean, they are on a bit of a negative run, Liverpool, aren't they? They, uh, they had the loss at Watford just for lockdown. They had the draw against Everton, and now they've had this loss yesterday. I think they really need to show that... Um, if they want to be treated as one of these legendary teams in Premier League history, that they do need to win all their remaining games, starting with this one. But Villa are... Sorry, they're not 17th, they're 18th, sorry. So they're one one place and one point in the relegation zone. But they're all terrible down there, aren't they? <laughs> That's why they're there. That's why they're there, yeah. Um, the league <laughs> but they've got Jack Greenish, who's done well, but they haven't really got an awful lot else, have they? Can you name another Villa player? John McGinn. <laughs> Trezeguet. Can you name another one? <laughs> Trezeguet. Douglas Louise. Pepe Reina. Okay. Come on, come on. Someone's been Googling Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after, okay. after Tyrone Mings, I was out. Were you? Did you get Nigel Spink? Well, I don't need to learn these people. They're not going to stick around long, so they're not... <laughs> <laughs> not worthy of your knowledge. Um, Manchester City, they're away to Southampton in the Uwe Rosler derby. Um, Southampton beat Watford last time out 3-1. Uh, they are 14th on 40 points, although they've lost three out of their last five. Um, they kept Ralph Hassan, who left that 9-0 loss, didn't they, against Leicester earlier on the season? And I think they're seeing the benefits now that they're sort of pushing out, of, they're sort of looking up rather than downwards, aren't they, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no imminent relegation danger for them. So they can just just sort of looked to build and there's, there's, there was a lot said about how Hassan Tudor used the time between, between during lockdown sorry or sort of a, a club-wide review of processes and trying to sort of have some sort of harmony running through the entire sort of structure of the club so Southampton have always been a, a club that have tried to build things and sort of they're one of the, the teams in the Premier League that you would 
associate most with having a um, a way, as it were, and that's why they were always able to, or at least for a period, were able to sort of uh, almost be interchangeable with some of the players as they all moved on to Liverpool or interchangeable with managers. Um, and it wasn't until sort of the last couple where they sort of started to stumble and Hassan Hutter was has shown that sort of he's been uh, a move back in the right direction that you more more towards what you associate with Southampton and sort of has has justified their reasons for sticking with them because once they found them they should they tend to hold on to them if they're the right person for the club regardless of what's necessarily imminently happening on the pitch. Yeah, Jesse. Yes. What have you got to say about Mr. Rabbit Hutch? Uh, I know you love his name. I'm just, I got nothing except what Adam says. I second it. <laughs> That's all you need yeah. to say. Yep. Uh, how do you feel this one's going to go then? Is this going to be City um, pedestrian win, is it? I mean, probably. Kevin De Bruyne is playing pretty well right now, isn't he? He did, although Steve Bruce tried to tap him up during the week. Who saw that one? I saw that, yeah. He put his arm around him at his, um, when he was accepted. Was he getting man of the match or something? And I he was... I think he must have been. Yeah. That was quite like, sweet. No, though. he's going to sign for Newcastle. Like... Well, Newcastle, Newcastle might be able to offer him the one thing a Man City can't in Champions League football. <laughs> I don't have to buy for it, but... I thought that was quite sweet, that moment. Not if you're thinking about coronavirus. They've already been tested, surely. They've all been tested. <laughs> all right, Where's all their right. social distancing? They've been playing football against Liverpool. <laughs> An hour and a half. What kind of social distancing do you expect? He definitely wasn't playing football against Steve Bruce. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> uh, Jesse, I'm really sorry. No, you guys. Sheffield Look. United. Ugh. Trez. Spurs. Uno. That's three one Adam. Um Well it's in Portuguese, just in case what Roberto <laughs> Firmino needs to know. Uh same. <laughs> <laughs> Only if different means the same. Oh, exactly. Man. I mean it's all the same down there, isn't it? Portuguese Spanish, Down there. Catal- yeah. Stop it. Catalan. Down there. <laughs> That whole hemisphere, Jesse. That whole hemisphere. It's all the same down there. That whole little blob just underneath France. It's the same. Wow. Little blob. (laughs) And I don't even know which little blob he's talking about, Emma. Both of ours? I I know, right? I'm sure here. The Iberian blob. Oh, okay. Uh, right, okay, yeah, so Sheffield United 3, Spurs 1, um, Sander Burge, uh, Lisa Boussey and Ollie McBurney scored four. Harry Kane pulled one back in the last minute. Sheffield United's first win since lockdown, they really needed that, didn't they, Emma? Yeah, uh, they've been on a bit of a slide, haven't they? Like, they, were, the, they really needed the momentum and they lost it because of the uh, break. Well, and the Aston but... Villa thing, do you remember the ball that was in and... Oh yeah, they uh-huh. were robbed, weren't they? Yeah. So did Val give them a, a lucky break by not letting Harry Kane's goal stand? I mean, rules are rules, and by the letter of the law, that is a handball. It's game, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't watch it, so 
I've only seen the clip on Twitter. Okay, as long as you've seen the clip, that's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've seen, the, I've seen the incident, but what I mean is I didn't see... So, from the clip that I saw on Twitter, which was two different angles, I loaded up. I'm not even 100% convinced it hits him on the arm. It did hit him on the back of the... Sh- like, it hit him here. On the shoulder, like, not on the back. Feet. Yeah. So, okay. in that sense, yes. But, if you're thinking of, what is it, direction discretion and intentionality are the three doesn't matter if there's a goal scored stupid rule right this is clearly Moda who I would never defend like I'm not defending him because he's him we all know it he was looking in the complete opposite direction the ball was basically pinged into his body and it didn't change like it was it didn't lead to the goal being scored. If it doesn't hit his arm, it doesn't rebound to Kane, who then scores. But there was nothing he could do about there was, the no, ball there was hitting him. Do. I agree with you. There's nothing he could do, but if it doesn't hit his arm, it doesn't get scored. So, as uh, to the the point that I made in the WhatsApp chat, Chris, is that how can you have a rule where that is a penalty? That is, sorry, a handball. But if he was dribbling trying to dribble the ball out of his own box and that same incident happened chef would you not wouldn't have been awarded a penalty i don't i don't agree with you know i agree it is um well you were trying to defend it so it sounds like to, you agree i was trying to it. explain it rather than defend it <laughs> i think this is where you know handball this is why you this is why you should make every handball an indirect free kick i said it before and i'll say it again Right on the penalty. Yeah. This was just not a handball in the spirit of what a handball should be. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, Maradona punching the ball into the back of the net. It wasn't that, I grant you. But if that incident hadn't happened where he falls down, hits his arm, and then goes to Kane, the goal doesn't get scored. It hits him on but another part of his body. But you that, you know, some could, like, could have pinged the ball up into his hand on purpose and to win a penalty. Why aren't players doing that? So that gets me broke up. So why aren't players chipping the ball up into into opposing players' hands in the box to win a penalty? Sadio, you mean like the Champions League you mean, final. You mean, you mean like Luis Suarez used to do <laughs> when he was playing for Liverpool? We need to move on from this entire match. It makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> of course, 10 years this week since he got sent off for Uruguay, isn't it? It is. Happy anniversary to what I we still think the same as any other did. player would have done. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Jason Mourinho is... Uh, Sorry? I just think the only good thing that could possibly happen from this entire season is getting rid of Mourinho. Well, he said we are going in a different direction that's bad for the beautiful game, talking about this far decision. He doesn't play a beautiful game. He doesn't. <laughs> he has completely... I'm, I'm like, this is... You're getting me at my most unfiltered and biased, so sorry, and you're welcome. Welcome. But he, if if you're going to play joyless football, at least win. Or if you're going to, like, he brings nothing to the table. He sucked all of the joy and the success from the team. Did anyone see the picture I posted on the WhatsApp group of his wonky chest? I just, yeah, it I terrifies that, me. I don't mean to upset Jesse, but hadn't the success already been stripped out of it? And that's why Jose was there. <laughs> 
but at least Ooh, there was man. joy. <laughs> and you know what? But think about like Pochettino's Spurs. No, we didn't win the league. Fine, but there was okay. But there was there was movement forward. There was growth. There was success in that way. I know we had this conversation last season about you know what success means. I still think that it was a success team. What is Jose bring? What has he brought? What will he bring? Do you see these players wanting to play for him? Do you see him like moving us in a positive direction? I am just going to check something. He will never admit that his time is up, though, will he? Because his time is up. He should go and be an international manager or yeah. a pundit. Or a or exactly. Like, yeah. go do shitty punditry. Um, in three weeks' time, Harry Kane will be 27 years old, which is a long time to go without winning trophies, and he's approaching the peak of his career. Uh, the next contract he signs will be vitally important for how his legacy is seen and what he uh, what he could possibly end winning. Um, if if you judge your legacy by winning trophies, well, that's what you want to become. Okay, not your legacy, your his own personal satisfaction and career. Then maybe not legacy. Maybe that was the wrong word. Okay, but a lot of people's personal satisfaction and career wouldn't come from winning trophies. But his he's got the opportunity to do that then. With pretty much any team in Europe. He also has a young family who maybe are happy in North London and don't want to move to, say, Manchester or Madrid. They might not want to. Or Liverpool. Or Liverpool. He will get the team. That's not where, in the future, that's not where you're going to get to win things, Jesse. Come on. <laughs> that's 30 years. Um, no, and I look, that's, that is ultimately why... Suarez moved to Barcelona because that's where his wife and his wife's family are. Um, and he did put his and his family's happiness and his family's success first. So I mean, he did I also think, have the benefit of going and playing for one of the biggest teams uh, in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> um, he he did I, always manage to win things too. True. And you he, can kind, he kind of managed to marry both of those things together. <laughs> yeah, and he I did a good job. That, I think that Daniel Levy obviously has a lot to answer for, but I also think that Mourinho is not the right choice. I think it's it's a two parter here. But if you okay, if you are Harry Kane and as settled as your family might be, I am Harry Kane. So thank Harry you for anything like that. <laughs> you only get one chance at this career to win things, and if it would be an extraordinary waste of his talent if he got to the end of his career, he signs it. He says he signs a new contract and stays with. Um, Spurs for another couple of years. He's then 29 years old. He may not have won anything by then. He's, he might end up feeling that Are you he's assuming that England isn't going to win anything? Wow. I don't think he will. Do you? Doesn't, England. Doesn't, oh, history England. Have a, England. doesn't history have a long line of great players who never won anything, though? Uh, they do. But or or didn't can... win enough things, or didn't win enough things to be considered uh, that we would consider. Like, by today's standards, I'm surprised considering how everyone goes on about how Messi's never won a World Cup, Diego Maradona never won a Champions League. Jimmy Triori did. I think you're undoing your own argument. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get the... You, you have a very finite career and you become a footballer because you enjoy it and you want to win things. Are you struggle to do that at Spurs currently? And... I think it's also who do you want to play with? Who do you want to play for? What kind? What yeah. style do you want to play? And where do you want to grow your family? I mean, there's worse places to grow 
for your family than Barcelona or Madrid or Munich. Ask oh, Gareth Bale might not think that. I mean, I, I think Harry Kane to Barcelona is not a bad choice. So sure, yes, and it sounds really solid. I wouldn't wish that on him right now. <laughs> he deserves better. Um, I'm not. I'm not oh. sure Harry Harry Kane's. Um, Harry Kane's ability to speak fluent Spanish with a tongue too big for his mouth is going to come at that grey. <laughs> so Spurs are ninth. They're seven points behind Manchester United in fifth. Um, they've also got one win in six in the Premier League. And it's been 11 years since they finished outside the top six. Uh, next, Adam, do you know where they are? Um, let me guess. No, I don't know. They're at home to Everton in the Vinnie Samways derby. Um <laughs> This was the game that finished 1-1 at Goodison, wasn't it? This was the one where Son Heung-min got sent off for hacking Andre Gomez and then Cheng Adam, Tosin scored the equaliser. Stick it Adam. Yeah, it's, gonna... when, uh, it's when everyone thought that, um, and that Gomez's career was going to be over and all of it, he was back playing football in like two months or something. It's yeah, stupid. it's where he got his ankle broken and everyone felt sorry for uh, Son, didn't they? Yes, because he felt so sad. <laughs> <laughs> And he got sent off like three games after, didn't he, for doing like the same thing? And then people didn't feel sorry for him. <laughs> but Je- as Jesse said, he's, he felt sad he's not that type of player, Emma. <laughs> uh, oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Gonna, as you've got a horse in this race, I'll come to Jesse in a second. What do you reckon it's going to do this weekend? Um, well, Everton are playing very functional, unremarkable football at the moment. But, They've won the last uh, game. Uh, yeah. Up resu- I said functional and remarkable. I didn't say was, you let me finish. I was going to say, but picking up results. Um, so whether it's a a result of the the, the lockdown time or maybe a little bit of pre pre season as such, or whether it's just a bit of a, a sign of of um, of a little bit more time. But Ancelotti really appears to have this team drilled in playing this sort of this 4-4-2 that he wants to play and has been quite adaptable in games and um, yeah it's been unexciting and you wouldn't watch it for the most fun in the world but it's been getting results and we can get a result at Leicester we can definitely get a result against Spurs playing as they are at the moment Jesse? Adam's going to be fine I think this is going to go 3-1 again, actually. I think we're going to score first and then get really overexcited and then screw it all up. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> You've finally been ground down by all these years of being a... <laughs> <laughs> um, Sheffield United are away to Burnley, the John Harley derby. Uh, Burnley have won their last two against Crystal Palace and Watford. Uh, anyone care how this fixture is going to go? Do the fans of those clubs even care? Yeah, I want bad things to happen to Burnley. <laughs> Can't we have good things, Chris? Give us good things, like bad things happening to Burnley. This is why you can't have nice things, because you break them. I've got to take them away. Oh. <laughs> so she sang. Uh, right, okay, so we need them for a moment. Let's pop over to Europe land, um, and we'll go to Spain, which is that little bit next to Portugal. Um, <laughs> Real Madrid are top on 74 points. Barcelona are four points behind. Uh, and then on 59 points, Atletico Madrid and Sevilla on 57. So, um, this weekend, um, Atleti play Mallorca. Um, Mallorca are They're playing third. right now. And, ooh, and Josema's playing. What's the Yay! Score? Sorry. 
they're about to kick off. In fact, they just kicked off. Okay, yeah. so they're fourth bottom. Oh, sorry, third bottom, four points from safety, Mallorca. So they've got certainly got something to play for, haven't they? They're a good team. Yeah, I've seen worse. Uh, and um, Real Madrid. Hold on, right. Emma comes along slagging, slagging off our bottom of the table teams in the Premier League, but a team that's fourth bottom in La Liga is all of a sudden a good team. I I see through your bias. Uh, 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 the three beneath them are rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Athletic Bilbao at home to Real Madrid. Real Madrid beat a rather dogged Getafe team. Team one 0 They relied on a um, Sergio Ramos penalty, didn't they, Emma? They did, which was very cleverly won, shall we say. No, that was a penalty. I so know did... it was a penalty, they but were... Benzema did good things to make them. Are we feeding into PK's conspiracy theory again? We don't need to. You, you, did you see the penalties that were given in the Atleti versus Barcelona match? He's got a good case. Well, that's what I was going to come on to next, because... Uh... Mm-hmm. Barcelona at home to Villarreal, and in the week they drew 2-2 with Atleti, didn't they? Um, Messi with a 700th goal. How did he do it, Emma? He penenka the penalty. Oh, what a little spine that was. That was fantastic. He called that Abreuing a penalty in our way. He, um, I never have any confidence when he's taking a penalty because he misses a lot. So <laughs> I'm surprised that it went in. I was the same when Stephen Gerrard used to take penalties to Liverpool. He used to miss a fair few as well. I feel bad this... saying that about Messi. But... <laughs> it's true. But... It <laughs> was like bat shit. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was good fun. <laughs> I no, mean, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was nuts. Um, Carrasco got managed, didn't he? I thought he had a very good game. For falling over his own legs. <laughs> you can't tell me that that was a penalty with a straight face. No, I think you got unlucky there oh that's what it was we got unlucky cheated the old franco restaurant again yeah. do you think i think you know Ricky pooch is just so spectacular that i'm worried that barca are going to sell him um <laughs> and pull a munir or something and and so like you have really solid players this was like a two-parter, semicolon, what happened with Tristegan? You, you mean the fact that he had to have a penalty retaken against him because he was like a centimeter off his line? Yeah, I mean, that was ridiculous. That's just so stupid. And another rule that should be changed. You no, know, it just seemed like he like had, like he was daydreaming. Like he just mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention there are bad things happening at barcelona right now according to reports today uh, messi has decided to stop negotiations on his contract renewal because he's had enough oh no doesn't he always have enough every couple of years or so in it's contract renewal time no he doesn't do that no he usually has enough with argentina and retires and then only comes back to play Uruguay. whatever that's how bad things are um i thought that is that just Sorry, is, is that just leverage to make sure that they sign Martinez and get him a new coach who he likes? <laughs> well, we need a new coach who he likes. That would be nice. Just someone who knows what he's doing. That, that'd that be great. Marseille Gallardo. You know what? I would be, I would be into that. 
I think he'd be fantastic. I think he might be out of luck with Martinez, though, because we don't have the money. Considering we had to sell a player to balance the books, we, we, we don't have that kind of money. And then get a really solid female coach because you could pay her 30% less than a man. Nobody would complain. <laughs> and then you can get one of our former one of our former presidencies said that we should get rid of all of like the basketball team and the handball team and the women's team just to concentrate on the yeah. men's team. See that? <laughs> um He was in prison for fraud. I just <laughs> 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 Maybe he's trying to do a meme machine or something. Yeah, I mean that's not a crazy shout, is it? What? Dismantling all of our teams? No, sorry, Gallardo. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, no. That, I would be interested to see what happened with him in charge. I like him, but <laughs> the trouble is that anybody that is linked to the Barcelona job, I just think, oh, you deserve better than that. Oh. Or it's Ronald Coleman, and I just think, no, I don't want you anywhere near the club. <laughs> Somebody said that Bielsa will get Leeds uh, promoted and then get bored and go to Barca. <laughs> oh, he's crazy. I would love that. <laughs> uh, Raul Jimenez has been linked with you guys as well, hasn't he? He deserves better than that. I oh, really? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right, okay. We'll move on. Is there anything in... Sorry, Beth. Oh, I'm not that sorry. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering if there was anything in, in sort of because of the sort of the unique political situation that mm-hmm. Barcelona has. I was wondering if there was some sort of like unspoken rule about sort of like presidents towards the end of their term, like chopping and changing managers and stuff. Whether it's a bit like the Supreme Court when they wouldn't let Barack Obama appoint um, <laughs> Merrick Garland. Did you yeah. add up like? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who's your Mitch McConnell, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we deserve better than Mitch McConnell. Everyone deserves better than Mitch McConnell. We'll give Mitch McConnell to, like, Sunderland. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Perfect fit. They sacked Valverde while they were top of the league, looking good, points clear, everything was fine. He knew how to get the best out of the squad. But um, they sacked him to placate people from complaining that they didn't play attractive, exciting football. And then but when those you people were probably their own bots has... that they'd forgotten about. <laughs> they appointed they appointed um, Setien, who has that Cruyff um, you know, training and mentality. Except it doesn't work because these players are like all thirty-three years old and can't run anymore and Valverde knew that it's almost like also very few very few Croatian people have made Croatian football work exactly he is the only one (laughs) I do (laughs) like the way that um, Ricky Puig has been linking it with um, uh, with Messi say Uh, his name again for me Chris Messi go on (laughs) Say it. Ricky Pudge. Very good. Is that That's right? not what you said first time, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he links it with Messi. They both seem to have some sort of chemistry together, and um, he looks like he's been playing that team for quite some time. Ricky well, no, Pudge and Ansu are 
beautiful and precious and should be protected at all costs. They won't be there. Unlike, you know, Antoine Griezmann, who's been hung out to dry. <laughs> uh, okay, right. In Italy. Like minute 14 and then not putting him on until minute 86. Was that some sort of power play? The, 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 I don't know what the deal is. Apparently, according to a friend of mine, apparently he needs a psychologist. He's really, really unhappy. But it's his own fault. <laughs> Screw him. <laughs> Sorry, I've Antoine, it, if you're listening. I said it before, I've never really seen the Griezmann hype. No, me either. And anybody with, like, half a brain cell could tell that he wouldn't fit into this Barcelona team. But they signed him anyway because big, flashy signings take away the papers over the cracks of what, you know, everything that's going on. I just hate the 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 club right now and how it's being run and everything about it. And oh, I would hire you. I, I, <laughs> they should hire you. To get a director for president, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have 80 million euros. So. We'll get that together between us. <laughs> you'll sell a handball team and our tour, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I just wish they hadn't started the season. <laughs> right, I don't know about you guys, I'm off to Italy. Um, <laughs> Juventus, thank Juventus, you. <laughs> Juventus are top, they're on 72 points, they're four points ahead of Lazio. Uh, Inter are third on 64 points, and Atalanta are on 60, and then Roma on 48, quite some time placed behind in um, in, uh, in fifth place. So it's the Turin derby this weekend. Juventus are at home to Torino. Um, Inter play Bologna. Calgary play uh, Atalanta. Uh, it's Lazio versus Milan. Milan, if you think you're a basket case, Emma, wait till you hear about Milan. Um, <laughs> they played Spal in midweek, and they had a man extra because Spal had a man sent off, and they were losing 2-0 until about the 78th minute when they were losing 2-1. And it took a 93rd minute deflected own goal for them to grab an equaliser. So I think you're in a tricky situation. Okay, that's pretty bad. That's they were honestly they were absolutely dreadful that second half. Uh, and also it's Napoli Roma this weekend, so it should be a bit of fun. Um, what else have we got in Switzerland? St Gallen are two points ahead of Young Boys, uh, and St Gallen plays Sion, and Young Boys play Lugani. Uh, Eddie, you want to make want to make a Young Boys joke? We're better than that. Ugh. Yeah. Three of us are better than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, in Turkey, on your BT Sport, Istanbul, Besiktas on 60 uh, points and Trabzon Sport on 58. So, um, Besiktas are away at Antalya Sport and Trabzon Sport are away at Galatasaray. And finally, in Greece, it's the derby of eternal enemies between Panathinaikos and Olympiakos. That sounds like something we want to watch, isn't it? I thought that was what we called our podcast. It's not really that a time, is it? Because it's just Olympiacos winning all the time. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, eternally winning, you could say. Uh, bits and bobs of news. So, after 135 Premier League appearances, 39 goals and 45 assists, Leroy Sane is a Bayern Munich player. Um, he left for an initial £44.7 million, uh, which could rise to £54.8 million. Pounds. Um, how do you feel about that? Of, I think they've got a bit of a bargain, haven't they? Um, Bayern Munich? Wasn't well, he's only got one left on his contract, so they've paid forty-three million pounds for a year of Leroy Sané. I think if you look at what he could provide you over the coming years, he's a young player who is. No, but what? But he had one in a year's time. He was free. I think if they hadn't have jumped, somebody else would have done, wouldn't they? You have to get in there. Well, if you think paying forty-three million pounds for a year of Leroy Sané is worth it, 
wasn't there a tweet where someone said, where did it all go wrong for him? Was that? Gone, what did he say? Yeah, I'm sure I saw that. Someone sent it me, like... I'm not sure. <laughs> wow, not sure. terrible. He signed for a title-winning team. How awful for him. It wasn't me. I sent you a tweet of a man farting into a microphone in a shop. Yes, you did. Seems <laughs> <laughs> like, like just for you, Emma, it seems. <laughs> yeah, I'm special. Well, she said uh, she was feeling sad earlier on, so I thought, I know what to cheer up. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> yeah, I love this. This um, absolutely things of little little England um, syndrome, um, where we can't sort of fathom this idea beyond our great Premier League of sort of. Well, why wouldn't these sort of these great German players would not want to leave their homeland and come and live in a strange country where they don't speak the language? Although they do speak the language, because unlike us, they're bilingual as well. But why wouldn't Leroy Sané want to go home and play? And like you say, for a great team who are one of the top five teams in the world. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you totally. Um, was he been? I think he's been injured for a lot this season, hasn't he? Or has he just not been picked? Yeah, he did his, he did his ACL in the in the Charity Shield. Uh, okay. Um, I think for the amount of time that, or the, his age, and the amount of time he could be there for, that's quite a good price I think they got him for but then that's probably why I work in local government and the country is the way it is <laughs> uh, okay seven error trained footballers in Uganda um, have gone missing because they fear being deported if asylum uh, if their asylum request is turned down they arrived in December for a international tournament um, and they used the opportunity to uh, sort of disappear and flee. Since 2009, over 50 Eritrean players have used international tournaments as an opportunity to flee the country, which has got uh, uh, sort of d issues with uh, despots, I think. Um, this is quite a sad story, isn't it? It's like the North Koreans at the Olympics, right? That they take that opportunity to not go back. Yes. Cuba yeah. here as well. Well, I think they're um, some of them. I've done an interview with the Guardian, um, and they're quite worried about being sort of caught and sent back. As apparently Uganda's ally of um, Eritrea, so they're wanting to keep as low a profile as possible. Um, Ashraf Hakimi has joined Inter Milan for an initial thirty-six million pounds plus five million of add-ons. I still don't get that transfer at all. Why he? I don't think there. anybody does. No. I don't know. Why would anybody want to join Inter Milan? Exactly, that's my point. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you either stay at Real Madrid or you agitate for a move to Dortmund, where you've been on loan. Both of those teams are much better yeah. prospects than Inter. Minariola's not his agent, is he? <laughs> Dortmund, he don't Dortmund don't pay thirty-five million pounds for someone who's not like sixteen. And they bought Jude Bellingham today, didn't they? Exactly. Was that what you had in mind? Was it? Well, yeah, well, yeah. Very <laughs> I think that is a similar figure that he's gone for as well. I think he's only 17 years old as well. A cracking prospect. Very good prospect. I'm not going to pretend to have ever watched him play for Birmingham, for, for, um, so I'm not going to pretend. No? No. So you don't, you're not like me? You don't spend your Saturday nights watching Colin Murray on Quest? Is that how you end up on accidentally watching it flicks over to one of those other channels afterwards? Is that how you make... <laughs> how does it work? You know, <laughs> remote control becomes possessed. <laughs> what can you do? Um, oh, some fantastic news. Guys, the A-League is back. 
What did I what did I send you? What did I send you in the WhatsApp chat? Who's voted the best player? Oh, Bruno Fornarelli. Yes, you did. Yeah. He is a very good player, actually. Is he anywhere near the national team? No. Hasn't been for a long time. I don't know why. Because he's playing in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, near and that's what matters. So from the 16th of July, there were 27 games in 28 days. This will be followed by a five-game final series, and the grand final will take place on the 23rd of August. Uh, five venues in New South Wales will be used. One will be used in Queensland. Are we happy and excited to hear the return of the A-League? Oh, my God. That's the only reason I'm here. Yeah. Thrilled. Are the New Zealand teams allowed to go home? Uh, they've only just returned out of quarantine. I presume they must be allowed to go home. Wellington Phoenix weren't mentioned. Oh, no. But it's a very interesting point. I presume they're allowed to go home because Perth Glory must be allowed to go home. Chris, which team does Jacinda Arden support? Who? The president oh, the president of New Zealand. Zealand. I, I guess, I'd guess Wellington. Uh, well, I need to know for sure before I pick a team. Uh, so, find out for the next podcast, please. I will find out for the next podcast for you. Yes. Thank you. Um, tell her your friends like and see if she'll take your call. <laughs> pretend you're trying to call her back so you were busy. <laughs> that might work. That will ha- that's how I will make my choice. Why well, not? You're not cheering for Bruno. Well, I always cheer for my Uruguayans, but it's like how right now I'm supporting Atleti because they have an Uruguayan. Okay. Yeah. Emma, are you choosing a team? I, I will look at the league, I guess. Yeah. Adam. As you can tell, I'm thrilled by this. Yeah. Well, there's no sure. Catalans in the team, but in the league, I don't think there's Oriol. Well, Rima. fuck them. <laughs> Fair enough. Adam, have you got a A League team? I will not be looking for a team. <laughs> Adam's focusing all his concentration on the Bears. Um He might not be concentrating his concentration on the team so much longer, might you? Was he before? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Was anybody? <laughs> they be called something else, aren't they? Good. No, they're like no. still deciding. Because no, Dan Schneider's an arsehole. No. Right, team of bits of news before we go back to the Premier League. So, uh, Mikel Arteta has said, quote, unquote, some things have to change for Matteo Guendouzi to have any kind of future at Arsenal. Uh, apparently, he was bragging during the Brighton game as to how much money he earns. Is he just a petulant 21-year-old or is there something greater? Oh, well, that's very, that's very Joey Barton, isn't it? What's that? Well, the, the story is that Joey, um, I can't remember what player it was now, who accused Joey Barton of doing that when he was playing for QPR, telling everyone how he was earning... Carl Henry. 65 grand a week. Yes, it's Carl Henry. And then Carl Henry ended up joining QPR. <laughs> yeah. yes. Look, when Duke is a baby, like he's, you know. Yes, do you put this down to sort of youthful hormones or is this, uh, is he a wrong one? <laughs> I don't know if he's a wrong one. He's a year old boy. He's, an, he's like psychologically an idiot. Yeah. I think he might be a wrong one. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think what is upsetting is how you, you, Put him next to Balotelli, and Balotelli would never have been able to get away with anything. Sorry, are you aware uh, of Mario Balotelli? I love Mario Balotelli. You don't think he would have got away with anything? No, I think the media was so quick to like. Imagine if imagine if Balotelli had grabbed a player by the throat. Yeah. I think the media in this country loved him, Balotelli because Balotelli. He, yeah, they love to they love to hate him. Exactly, I think. You know, the, the thing about, like, setting fireworks off in his back. Yeah. They didn't talk about the fact that he 
you know, paid for student um, school books. They talked about the fact that he was a, he, he was also he was a child and he was alone. Yeah. In this. No, I agree. But they talked about all those things. They talked. They about did the talk about. They to, to be fair, Jesse, they did talk about all of those things and some very apocryphal things that never happened as well. Taking the kid <laughs> that's been bullied to school. I think that one was true. It was the women's prison one that wasn't true, right? Oh, I didn't even hear that one. <laughs> he wanted to go for a tour or something, didn't he? He just turned up at a woman. The story is he turned up at a woman's prison and f- thought that they'd just let him go for a tour because he'd never been and wanted to look, see what a prison was like. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that never happened. He's not been That's watching Orange is the New Black or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and finally... Um... French prosecutors want Karim Benzema to stand trial over the Matteo Valbuena's 2015 sex tape uh, in which allegedly uh, Valbuena was contacted by blackmailers um, saying they had a, a, a tape of him making love and um, Karim Benzema encouraged him to pay up. What have I said? Making love, is that the wrong phrase? It's just sweet. Why did you say coitus like you did earlier? That's Sheldon Cooper. And horrify us all. <laughs> If he gets found not not guilty, does he get given a World Cup winners medal? <laughs> um, this oh. has been rumbling on for some time, isn't it? I mean, does anyone know a huge? I, that's really all I know. Um, I mean, was Benzema telling him to pay up because he was in league with these blackmailers, or because maybe he thought this is a quick way out for Valbuena and wanted his mate to sort of get out? I don't know how this has gone down. I, this story I really so can't remember. It's been forever. It came out. You gotta remember, sorry, Emma. Yeah, I really can't. It's been, it's been five years. <laughs> um. Okay, right. Wait, Chris. What? We need to talk about Fakir. Oh yes, 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 yes. Go on, tell us what happened there. That was magnificent. So he got sent off, essentially, for being tackled <laughs> by someone. He really didn't do anything wrong, and he was very angry about it. And he was swearing at the referee on his way off, and then he punched the VAR monitor and, like, smashed it to bits. And he threw the ball at the referee, didn't he? <laughs> he did! He picked up the ball and threw it at the referee. <laughs> it was so funny. When, when I was um, about... 15 i was refereeing a sort of like children's five-a-side uh tournament and i um uh i sent a player off for persistent swearing because i told him not to he was about nine as well and he'd been like and by the end of it he um threw a ball at me then when that didn't really do anything picked it up and over the fence and walked off crying (laughs) (laughs) what did his parents say that it was in Portsmouth. They were rough as fucking houses. Do you know what? That kid's probably about six foot nine now. and He's probably got your, <laughs> your face etched in his memory. <laughs> you walk with one eye open or sleep with one eye open yeah. when you're back there. If I ever go to the pool's grave, I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, right, back to the Premier League then. So Saturday lunchtime kickoff in BT Sport is uh, Norwich versus Brighton. Um, Brighton lost home to Manchester United after beating Leicester and Arsenal on their return. Uh from lockdown, Norwich are in absolute freefall. Um, they've lost their last four no, games. They're not. No, they're not. You can't. They've be always free- been that bad. They've always been freefall. The okay. <laughs> they've lost their last four games to an aggregate of nine goals to nil. They failed to score fifteen times in the Premier League. That's the most of any team this season. Um, 
Brighton have drawn their last four away in the Premier League, but I get a feeling this might be when they break their duck. I would say that at the moment, beating Arsenal, beating Leicester are huge achievements in the world of football. Okay. Um, but it's Norwich are just meh, right? The most meh team there. Yeah. I've, I completely expect them to win another game and good things happening to Brighton, which isn't what we asked for at the beginning of this. So, <laughs> Jesse, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I think Norwich sort of did that newly promoted trick where they were excited and winning and had adorable Timu Puki and made us forget that they were also crap. <laughs> um, I don't think that trick lasted as long as you think it did. I think that was about two and a half games. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Manchester City. We were like, yeah, they made us forget. You're crap. Um, yeah. I mean, Brighton also not, not playing really well. But I think Brighton has it in them to pull it out. Okay. And that, we haven't seen that from Norwich. Um, Emma, lots of people say nice things about the actual sort of model that Norwich have got in that um, they have a particular way of wanting to play. They are quite happy to bring through youth players and uh, sell them on, at, sort of make a profit and sustainability is more important to them maybe than Premier League survival um, is that a decent way to run a football club uh, well it worked for Barcelona for a long time <laughs> it doesn't work anymore um, <laughs> the, 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 I guess when you get promoted to the Premier League even if you get relegated again stick to your beliefs you've still earned like 200 million pounds this is true so you can take that so sort of hit. yeah so you, you, I guess you'll take the big payday playing with your philosophy and your um, ideals and not compromising them because you're still going to get compensated when you get relegated yeah I mean but the championship is a horrible lead to try and get out of that's sort of one thing to say maybe about that but I think there's worse ways to sort of make yourself um, make yourself run a football club. Uh, Leicester versus Crystal Palace and the Jamie Scowcroft derby. Uh, Leicester have won one out of their last five. Um, James Madison and um, I can't remember his first name. Andreas is it? Andreas Pereira uh, is a doubt at fullback. Emma, you're what happened down that way. to them? Hmm? What happened to them? Uh, literally, nobody knows and. No one. No one. <laughs> Thank, because if Brendan, thanks, Brendan Rodgers. Because if Brendan Rodgers knew, he'd be able to do something about it. But it's hard. Jamie Vardy has stopped scoring. Um, and once he stops scoring, you're stuck with, like, Kalichi Iheanacho, who has never been the most prolific person to get your goals for you, unfortunately. Same for Damari Great. Madison, a big creator, is out injured as well. Harvey Barnes isn't quite up to the task as yet, although he's got a huge amount of promise. And they're conceding goals as well at the same time so Unchi has done well and Evans has done well but they're starting to concede goals and when you've got it going both ways at both ends uh, maybe Brendan Rodgers is not your he, man for the job he's not your man for the job maybe he's struggling to motivate the players which I find it really hard to believe when they're battling for a Champions League place it seems really bizarre yeah do you think that they were overperforming at the start of the season and now this is the actual level uh 
No, I don't think so. I think they've got a top-class goalkeeper. Johnny Evans is a very good defender. Uh, they've got Wilfred Ndidi, who again has been injured, but he's been a good shield as well. Tielemann have been playing, have they? He's been on the bench. For some reason, Tielemann hasn't been getting minutes, but he's a, another excellent player. Mm. And like I say, they've got Madison and Vardy up front, but as soon as Vardy stopped scoring... I don't think uh, they were overperforming. I think you, could, you could argue that perhaps they found it difficult to come back, motivate themselves to come back for eight games. But this was before uh, lockdown as well. They were in uh, free fall as well, weren't they? Free fall is your word of the day, is it? Have you got some sort of like, <laughs> have you got one of those dictionaries? <laughs> free fall and, toilet paper. Full and casual racism about the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah, that's my stick uh, <laughs> for tonight that I'm going for. Is that what it is? You pull it off and it's a word in a region and you've got yeah. to pick which. <laughs> I've got a dartboard sort of just to the right that you can't see that I sort of fire things at before we start. <laughs> it's like the worst for Sesame Street. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by <laughs> Casual, Casual Racism. <laughs> um, sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, they were in quote unquote free fall before lockdown, weren't they? They'd lost a few. And... No, don't, you can't quote Emma as saying the words free fall. No, I'm, I quoting myself. <laughs> I'm quoting myself. Are they just like Sheffield United? Are they like the momentum team? Is that what they needed? And then the break just... I think I think they're better uh-huh. than Sheffield United. As in they're an... But they are. <laughs> an actual t- as in, like, they're more of an actual team where I I think that maybe we were, what happened to Sheffield United, we were, we were see we would have seen Hannah away. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that I don't I think Leicester will finish in the Champions League places by the end of the season, but I think if we had had a regular scheduled season, they would have done. Um, oh, if Leicester avoid defeat, then they go unbeaten at home versus London teams in a Premier League season for the first time since 2000 2001. What an Leicester. achievement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Manchester United versus Bournemouth and the Russell Beardsmore Derby. Um, since returning, Manchester United have won two and drawn one. Bournemouth have lost three, including four-one to Newcastle in the week. Bournemouth. I mean, what's like, what's the free-fall word for Bournemouth? <laughs> I would let you use free-fall for Bournemouth. <laughs> oh, <would I? laughs> that that late-season Bournemouth bounce isn't going to come this season, is it? No, I mean again, that bubble's just popped. It's it's gone. They're <laughs> they're going to get relegated. Very similar to Brendan Rodgers, um, Eddie Howe just seems a man completely devoid of ideas of what to do to rest the situation. Yeah. I, I completely agree. But I would, Jesse? I would, I would stand a little bit short of just saying that I think that it's completely over. Just because no, who really saw West Ham getting a result at Chelsea on... Wednesday night, yeah, and like that result was changed. It's not like David Moyes had sort of got anything from her from that sort of West Ham team. When I was talking to a friend about it, sort of saying, "Oh, David Moyes, the White Knight comes comes to the rescue again to to save West Ham from relegation." He was like, "I'm not sure. Seventeen percent win rate, win record is <laughs> is that sort of uh, saving us?" But uh, could you see Bournemouth chipping in with a, a surprise win here? No, Callum Wilson's... Any of them could, though. It's so tight at the moment that because only 
is it only Bournemouth have written, not only so Brighton have managed to pull themselves away. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely two from. We can have five, one. We can we can have one of our wishes, which is bad things happening to Watford. <laughs> um, Callum Wilson is suspended still, so he's not me around this weekend. He's a big miss, and the goals from him and Josh King have dried up, haven't they, Jesse? Sorry, Emma, you were going to say. <laughs> Oh no! I was just going to ask if that uh, if um, Ryan Fraser was still refusing to play. Yeah, he's quite well, he's, he's, he's not a he's not a Bournemouth player anymore. Good for him. Um, I would say that the goals don't really matter, Chris, because at least before lockdown, perhaps, but at least after the uh, after since we've come back, um, Manchester United haven't just been picking up results, but have been playing maybe some of the best football in the Premier League. Yeah, they've been beaten in 16. So, um, five clean sheets in the last six at home. Anti Martial has scored eight and seven at home as well, Jesse. So, are you going for a Manchester United win? I, sorry, I'm just still shocked that Adam, with a straight face, said that Manchester United has been playing some of the best football in the Premier League. I need to, I need to take that in for a second. What the fuck? No, I listen. You said a nice thing and didn't, didn't follow it up with anything. I'm great. Um, and I agree with you. Where are we right now that we're saying nice things about Man United? Yeah, what does move, that... Should we um, move quickly? I, I have a question for everyone because I've been thinking about this for the last uh, week or so, maybe. Has there been a more transformative January transfer than Bruno Fernandes? Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, we can compare this January transfer window, obviously, like, how do you compare it to anything else because of what happened after it? Sure, but he... I'm not to take away from Fernandez at all. He had, he had started doing this before the before the stoppage. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't mean that to take... I almost mean that more, you know, that I think that they, they almost needed to transition in a way twice, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. I don't think we're able to compare a transition t- to any other year because they had to come in, in after the transfer window and then sort of again when the season started. And psychologically and physically, I can't imagine what that feels like. You could disagree with me, Adam. I see your eyebrows. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, just wondering if anyone's going to answer my actual question. Uh, I'm trying to think of previous January transfers. So Luis Suarez, Nemanja Vidic. Suarez, best ever in the world. So you're wrong. But, because Suarez always wins. But my, my point was specifically <laughs> transformative. Not So my point is that you're sure, like Patrice Evra and Nemanja Vidic always stick out to me as sort of when people say that old adage you hear about not being able to get value in the January transfer market. Right. But Evera especially certainly did not turn up and set the world alight. I, I, I believe he actually stunk the drought in his his first uh, sort of a couple of games for Manchester United and it, it took time for him to become the, uh, the player he was. Fernandez has transformed that team from the second he stepped on the pitch in a, a Manchester United yeah, show. Yeah, that's true. I think you're saying 
that it's both the player and the decision to sign that player at that particular time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I read earlier, though, that Fernandez and Pogba both got injured tackling each other in training today. <laughs> Uh, would you like to hear uh, GiveMeSport.com's 15 greatest January transfer wind- uh, signings? So when was this article, ri- article written? Uh, 8th of January this year. Okay. okay. Are you going to make us guess them? Uh, no, 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 no. We're, we're tired of that. <laughs> so we have ranked the 15 best transfers in the Premier League Cubs have made in January since 2010. I don't know why they picked that date. But anyway, so 15 down to one. Lucas Mora, Edin Dzeko, uh, uh, Musa Sissoko. No, Sissoko, I already don't agree with it. Musa Sissoko, Danny Sturridge, Jermaine Defoe. Uh, Which type? Jermaine Defoe must be on there about four. <laughs> yeah, but this club with Toronto to Sunderland because he helped keep them up that season with his goals, didn't he? Um, okay. Abdullah Decore to Watford. Uh, Wilfred Ndidi. Uh, indeed he do uh, John Stones Bar- uh, Barnsley to Everton Nemanja Matic uh, Gary Cahill top five Americ Laporte number four Felipe Coutinho number three Abing. Uh number two Luis Suarez his teeth are offside and number one Virgil van Dijk I think Chris wrote this GiveBeesport.com so hold on so they didn't include Patrice Ever or Nemanja Matic it was since 2010 for some reason Oh, well, we're allowed to just draw arbitrary dates. (laughs) (laughs) Since last week. Okay, right. We spent too much time talking about Manchester United. So let's go on to Wolves-Arsenal. I think this is probably the game of the weekend, isn't it? This is the Emmanuel Frimpong derby. Uh, Wolves have won all three since returning from lockdown. Um, They've been 405 minutes since conceding in the league. And interestingly, they're quite big fans of the second half of football matches because they've scored 73% of their Premier League goals have become in the second half. And they've only conceded 11% in the same half as well. So obviously... You want to get your business done against them in the first half. I only want good things to happen to Wolves. I do as well. I really like them. And I like the way they play. I think they're... Considering that they've um, been playing since this time last year. Pretty much um, the whole way through. They really needed that break. Um, a Wolves and it's take... really worked for them. A Wolves win takes them above Chelsea, and an Arsenal win takes them to within three points of Wolves, weirdly enough. Um, so, what do we think of this one then, Adam? Adam, who's on mute? <laughs> Hi. Hello, Adam. <laughs> have, have Arsenal papered over the cracks from their result against... Against an absolutely awful Norwich, or just are they still just trash? I would say trash. Uh, especially as this is at Molyneux as well. Hey, oh, because home advantage—they beat Sheffield United as well in the cup. <laughs> they did beat Sheffield United in the cup in the ninety-sixth minute. Who are How also dare pretty I bad forget. right now? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a Wolves win on this one. Yeah, me too. Controversial. I know. Stick my neck out on there. Right, Chelsea versus Watford. Uh, Watford haven't won since the return, um, and they've taken only a possible six points out of the last 30 available, um, which is wins against Leicester and Liverpool. Um, but Chelsea have also conceded 44 this season in the Premier League, and they had that dodgy result against West Ham. So um, how do we think this one's going to go? I, I think that Chelsea are a team who 
are flashy and flat track bullies. Okay. And I think that they've got a weakness in them and they can be got at, but they can also play some, some great attacking football and scores. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why that you put this Chelsea team against any of the sort of the other big big six teams. I think that they're probably going to lose two times, two out of three times. But I think that eight, nine times out of ten, they beat the trashier teams, and you'll have a freak result against West Ham because they they don't have that same control over games that the the best teams do. But I don't expect Lightning to strike twice, as it were, even if it is very close to hit Jesse at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, my dog is freaking out from from this. Go then, oh, stick yourself up well, and look after the dog. I Be don't. Right ex- I'm just going to give him a toy. <laughs> no, but Emma, what do you think? I don't, I don't oh, expect the Lightning to strike both up both with Sam and with Watford. And oh, okay. Emma and Jesse, what do you think to this game? But you just told Jessie to go. Don't ask her for a... I thought she was back. Sorry. Um, Why? Whatever Emma to... is about to say. I'm Honestly. worried at Chris having a stroke because he thinks that <laughs> Jessie left and came back in that well, time Well, she came period. back and she, she said some things. So I thought she was back. Sorry. Um, yeah, go on, Emma. What do you reckon to this fixture? Uh, I think Chelsea will probably win. Um, and justice for Gerard Delafeo, he deserves better. <laughs> uh, and finally Newcastle versus West Ham uh, the Stuart Pierce derby um, Newcastle are unbeaten uh, since returning scoring 8 goals um, West Ham have lost 2 and won more which again was the Chelsea in midweek um, Newcastle won in the previous fixture 3-2 Newcastle 13th for everyone saying that Steve Bruce was going to struggle with them this season they're only 3 points behind Spurs are they? yeah they are correct, but Chris does like to keep quoting the table and saying that they can make up these places on teams without ignoring the fact that they also have a game to play and can score points. Well, they could, or they could lose. Well, I was just—I I was like, I actually brought the table up after you pointed out, but yo, where, Wolves can Wolves can go go level a, a point above Chelsea if they win. Yeah, as long as Chelsea also don't. Well, Chelsea play about two hours afterwards. Uh, okay. So they could. You go with specifically with time. How you get it around? <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, I'm going to go for a Newcastle win on this. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you've heard Rory Smith on the Football Weekly pod. No, it was totally football show. Um, I think he was saying you could make a case of relegating the bottom five. So West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth, Norwich, and nobody would miss them and bring up five decent teams from the Championship. Six. Get rid of Brighton as well. No, I think there's a work in progress at Brighton. And Palace. I know that you have to go up to 12th then. And... Relegate the boots. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> thinking about teams we can get rid of I don't care about. Okay. <laughs> How far do we have to get up to relegate Burnley? 10th. Ten. 10th. Oh. That means Everton can go down as well. My concern is that Everton are currently 11th. So... Oh, well, then Burnley can stay. <laughs> I'm not saying we have to... But who says we have to apply these relegations consistently? We're just sort of oh, well, choose. if we can pick and choose. So... <laughs> what? Why why not relegate all the even numbers in the bottom half? <laughs> yes, I'd like that. Or nineteenth, twentieth, and tenth go down. <laughs> Imagine if they did that. Yes, the team that finished tenth get relegated. It'd be like a massive bun fight not to finish tenth. That'd be great. 
They should. Well, like, last game of the season, like eight teams trying to. All of a sudden, they're all trying to win, and then they're all trying to lose as the results change. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Newcastle win on this one. I can't see Moyes doing it for two week, two games in a row. Mm. Feels like a draw. Draw, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I can I could see West Ham. I can see West Ham getting a result. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Okay, that brings us to the end of our Premier League roundup. AOB, anybody? No. Was that a no or a burp? <laughs> it was hurry up. I want to go and watch Hamilton. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Okay. Um, we are Man on the Post, part of the Man on the Post network. So we've got um, podcasts pumping out all through the rest of the season. So Chris is here to review the games that we've been previewing uh, come the end of the weekend. Ali, we're doing his midweek Premier League roundup. And Ross and James and possibly a couple of others will be back also doing their um, championship roundup as well. Um we are part of Atman on the Post, as I say, so that's Atman on the Post on Twitter and Instagram, and you can like us on Facebook as well. Uh, you can download us from iTunes, Acast, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your um, podcast from. You can uh, rate reviewers as well. All positive reviews are great. So, um, if you want to follow Jesse, who's still not back because she's looking after a dog, that's at Jesse Loesch uh, on Twitter. Adam, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Uh, Adam, if they want to Adam, I say 101. And Emma, they can't follow you, can they? Yeah, you know better than to ask me, Chris. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Right, uh, guys, thank you ever so much. You're welcome. No problem. And always remember to keep your man on the post.